There it is. Sorry about that. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian, and joining me, as always, is your co-host, Jim. Uh-oh. J- Jim? Did we lose Jim? Joining me also is your co-host, Hunter. <laughs> hey! Hey, uh, I'm, I'm here in lieu of Jim's absence, I guess. And, and joining us, all, as always, is your co-host, Spaz. Hello. And, um... First off, Mini Merkle, I don't know how to put elevator music in front of between streams. I really, really don't know how to do that. Dun, and, dun, and, dun, and the streams dun, are like dun, dun. multiple days apart, so I don't know if that would work. But I really don't know how. I, I see other streamers do that where they like have 10 minutes countdown or whatever. I don't know how to do that. Uh, so, uh, I've tried, and it always picks up my mic, all the mics, so it's like I haven't figured it out yet. Um, so, uh, friends. Uh, let's just start off by saying we love you, and uh, this is going to be a little... Okay, so we had a guest. We offered this show to a guest like two months ago, and I never heard back until like three days ago uh, that maybe they could come on, and then we heard like early this morning that they could come on, so we had a plan B, and then we reverted to plan A... Because we thought we were having a guest. And now we're back to plan B because our guest just hasn't shown up. Which I mean we're not we're not a big podcast or anything, but it's still pretty rare. I can only think of maybe one or two other times where a guest just has not shown up at all. Um so we're gonna co co hosts sometimes just don't show up, but you know. <laughs> Also true. Uh, <laughs> Life well, just gets in the way sometimes. Yeah, it's fine. It, it happens. With that. So, yeah. uh, uh, so our plan B, and this was Spaz's idea. Spaz, do you want? Why don't you? Why don't you go then? This is your. This is your idea. Why don't you? Hit, why don't you explain what the topic's going to be tonight? So the topic du jour is <laughs> roguelike mechanics Yay. and roguelite mechanics in space games. Yes, and in sci-fi games. So. It's kind of broad, but yeah. at the same time, there's a lot we can talk about. Well, let's let's start with with the basics because I had a friend um, Facebook message me last night going, "What's a rogue like? I don't understand what that means." So let's start with the very basic of what we're talking about. Basically, what we're talking about um, for a basic definition is is a game with randomly generated elements, be it rooms, be it sectors, be it overland maps, that sort of thing. Usually it involves uh, randomly generated elements and some sort of permadeath where the character you're playing, once they die, they're dead. Uh, there are other there are games that like add a metal layer to that, like Rogue Legacy and stuff like that. But usually when you're done, you're done. It's one and done, usually. Um, so just to clarify, for the purposes of, the, of this discussion, if it's in the tradition of the, the old ASCII Rogue-type games then it would be considered a roguelike. If it's in the vein of Rogue Legacy, which you have permadeath, but you also have that meta element, then that qualifies more as a roguelite because yeah. there are other elements being thrown in in addition to the meta, and, and the meta being the main thing. That's not confusing at all. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, but but roguelike was used long before oh my God. the roguelite thing came up. Right. So let's let's start with I guess the one game and 
we're on the stream, folks. You can see the game we were going to talk about tonight called uh, Shortest Trip to Earth, which is a roguelike uh, inspired by the game uh, that really started this whole ball rolling back in 2012, FTL. Um, there weren't like really many spacey roguelikes, were there? I don't think there were before FTL, right? I don't think so. Uh, not really, no. Not really, no. Um, I mean, there was that. What was that ASCII one though? We could like go to other planets, or is that like a new version of old technology? Well, there were there were some old ASCII games like Starfleet and whatnot, but they were. I mean. Oh, I guess I don't know. Could Starfleet? Because like they had randomly generated galaxies, and that was more of a one and done thing. Huh. I wonder if Starfleet, uh, the early '80s top-down Star Trek um, game ripoff thing—not ripoff, but homage. Um, I guess that could be considered somewhat rogue-like-ish. I guess. But I think the modern, um, the modern glut, and let's just be honest, there is a glut. Like, so many, there are so many roguelikes. Not just space ones, but, oh my god. Sci-fi. The, yeah. I mean, you know, there oh. is that, that uh, Doom roguelike. Oh my god. That There's, was in ASCII. Yeah, yeah. Which is very good. Uh, isn't there an XCOM roguelike as well? Well, there are so many uh, roguelikes. I think I'm not familiar with them all. Damn near. Uh, kind of, yeah. Because if your crew dies, if your soldiers die, they're dead for good. Yeah. I don't know, man. I've been on kind of a roguelike thing lately. Mm. Just because they're turn-based, you know, they're they're like kind of got some depth to them, and you can screw I didn't think McWarrior Online was a roguelike. <laughs> <laughs> well... No, that's actually. Jim's second job right now. That, that's his, Basically, like, yeah. That's his freelance gig right now, so... <laughs> Dude, giant robots. I mean, can't argue with I that. I can't, I can't. I'm not knocking it. Whoa, 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 you love whoa, what you whoa. love. Stompy, stompy. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. But, yeah, uh, no, I've been, uh, I've been playing some Cogmind. I'm terrible at it. Oh, God. It. So it's, good though. It's like Cog Cogmind is like that uh oh what the heck is the name of that game from the Commodore sixty four? Uh you had a robot and you ran around and hacked other robots. Like, oh you've talked about it, but I can't remember the name. Yeah, God, I love that game. But I can't remember the name. So Spaz, what did you envision us I'm like, to- sorry? Dude, I'm like, I love you. What is your name? <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, Spaz. W- with this topic, what did you envision us talking about? Like, what like kind of topics did you I- I plan on us hitting? Like specific games, specific elements. Well, uh, yeah, there's there's some of that. There's um, there's a lot of games that sort of fit within the umbrella of roguelike or roguelite. Uh, Everspace mm. for one. Oh god! But yes. then there's also other games like Sword of the Stars: of The Pit, which is a great adaptation if, of a roguelite. Within within the universe of of sort of the stars, but you don't even have to have, have played the sort of the stars games, any of them, to no. to actually appreciate the pit for what it is. No, that game is hard. I've only played it a few times because I get my ass whooped every every damn time. <laughs> I think I've beaten it on easy once. Oh, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> yeah. But, but there Sorry, are also God. some missteps along the way. There, unfortunately, some mm-hmm. of some of the games that are that fit within this 
this genre. Also, either they're too difficult or perhaps their mechanics are, are just a difficulty cliff to grasp. And then you're fighting the game more than playing the game. And well, let's talk about, yeah. we were talking about earlier, uh, one of the biggest defenders and I, I hate to be speak negative about a game, but the long journey home is a big offender in this too hard, too randomly generated. E, you know, like you don't want the random number generator to, be mean to you. You don't want it to fight you. You want a challenge, but you don't want to like throw your arms up in frustration because of the RNG. Right. Because you know? you're fighting the game. You're not playing the game. By the way, it's Paradroid is the one I couldn't think of. And if okay. you want to play a modernized version of Paradroid, Puppy Games has a game called Droid Assault. Which oh, is that's that. a great game. Yeah, I love that game. And Paradroid is like the Commodore 64 version with a hacking minigame. Oh, nice. But it's but it's basically like it's like the new Mario, right? You just run up to a monster and then throw your hat at it and possess it and then use its powers. Except there's no hats because robots don't wear hats. Well, they should. Well, I guess they could. Yeah, nothing wrong with hats. <laughs> there's whole game economies based on them, aren't there? <laughs> Robotsandpartyhats.com. Register it now while it's available. But but yeah. I, th- I think one of the biggest missteps besides the long journey home is like all the games that tried to clone FTL and, and none have really been successful. Like there was yeah, one well, like good. Well, like the other week we had Cosmeteer or was that, that was last week, right? Um, Cosmeteer. Great game. Love that. And then this game also like it, right? Oh yeah. If we could just marry the two so that when I get in combat, I fly the ship around like, I don't know, like like um, Star Control-ish? Yeah, Star Control. Exactly. So it would basically be Star Control with Lego spaceships and crew management. Crazy. So, yeah. I got to think someone's doing like, that. I got to think someone, if it's not if done not, already. I hope they're listening and there's doing pro- it now. There's, someone, there's something twinging my brain. There probably is a game out there that's exactly that, that I can't remember. Because there's so many yeah, games. You need, need some heat signature in there so you can run around as a crew oh. guy and like ninja snipe other dudes. <laughs> See, all the elements are there and perfected. They're just in different games. <laughs> yeah, they're in a bunch of games. And we together. just <laughs> Right, exactly. You need, a, you need a proper mashup of... Of heat signature plus star control plus, plus. so you, and, it, so, and it's called Star Citizen. Uh, where, no. So Jim, you don't like the FTL style of combat where you're just like kind of right clicking a target and hitting one to well, fire your it's laser. A, it's its own. Thing. <laughs> that sounds like Eve Online mechanics. Uh, well, Eve um, Online is a bit more involved than uh, <laughs> the UI is a little easier to digest in FTL. But, <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, like one of my big peeves with EVE Online is that I have to go to the target list and like right click a thing and then left click on lock on on the drop down stuff. If I could, I guess you can hold control and click it or something, but if I could just hit, if I could just hit tab on my keyboard, that would be great. Like standard MMO conventions, but I guess they do that to like make botting hard or something. Because otherwise you just get a key banger that would hit tab. I don't know. So, what, um, Spaz, what, what prompted the, this topic? Have you been playing something lately that got you thinking about roguelike elements? Was it Everspace, for example? Well, yeah, I've been replaying Everspace and, and beat its base campaign. 
uh, just, nice. just uh, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, but I've also been playing the new DLC, so that's that's fun too. I gotta play the shit. new deal. I hear the new DLC is great. It adds characters and stuff that you can interact it, with. It adds NPCs you can take uh, missions from, and they've got little storylines too. Oh, that that's you great! Follow along with yeah, yeah. And with one of them, you beat his campaign, and then as a reward for that, you could get into combat, and suddenly some of his ships show up and they assist you. Oh, so you okay. get a little, yeah, yeah. It's a nice little bonus. I think, um, kind of building off that, I think one of the issues facing the roguelike is it a genre? Roguelike, roguelite, oh, the ro- definitely a the rogue esque yeah. genre is, um, it's becoming so diluted. Like you have roguelikes, twin stick shooters, like Nuclear Throne and enter the gungeon and you have roguelike space games like Everspace and FTL and you have roguelike tower defense like Dungeon yeah, of the, the Endless. The whole Dark and Souls movement isn't really diluting that either. Because the what, what? That Dark Souls, the popularity of that because that's like... Is that a roguelike? Here's a game, here's a game that's balls hard. It's kinda. It um, has elements. Well, there's, there's, there's challenge modes too. I mean, but I don't know. And then there's Cuphead, which which is also part of the like balls hard game movement, which I'm cool with, right? Because that goes I mean, back to yeah. There's there's like, a market for it. So yeah. if you want balls hard, if you want balls hard game like mechanics, go back and play Tie Fighter again. <laughs> go, go play Eve Online. I, you heard you heard it in Hunter's voice. He was about to say go play Eve Online, but Eve Online's not that hard though. You just don't like how it does it. You want a different no, just, game than what I, just you I agree a, with. I yeah, agree with I Hunter on Tie Fighter. I agree with Hunter on Tie Fighter. I'm on a Tie Fighter break <laughs> right now because I just can't. Well, it's, just like, it's just like I so you know with, uh, upstairs, at, you know here in my house, I have a, a entertainment room, and I finally hooked up my N64 to the big old projector. And I'm sitting there and I'm playing my my N64 with Star Wars Rogue Squadron, and I'm thinking to myself, God, I don't remember this game being this freaking hard. But uh, there it's is. Hard. I think there is like a degree where we were used to a challenge of games, like games had a challenge to them that we were used to and they were fun to like keep trying to perfect. And then we entered like a scene of like easy games and then Dark Souls comes out and then like it's (laughs) just, but it's just Dark Souls though. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's just like, why, why can't I have like a gripping, challenging story in other games too? Well, I think the tendency has been like, let's make the game longer, and then people are playing for the story, right? And and then it's like people are like, look, I, I want to challenge. I want to. I want the game to be hard enough that I stay engaged, but I don't want it to be hard enough that it really impedes the flow of the story. I just, you know, I want to feel like I participated in this movie. Um, but it, it's it's like uh, if you were playing, like, say, you know, Wolfenstein two. And which Wolfenstein two is a weird animal, right? Cause it's like, I don't know, eight hours long, but four hours of that is cutscene. No joke. Oh really? And yeah, that's less, maybe three, maybe. Oh, okay. And I'm being serious though. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of cutscene stuff, but it's like a Peter Jackson cut- game. It's- but the thing is that the story is really important because, well, it is a single player experience. So yeah, if absolutely. you're experiencing it for that story, you're, you're going to get, you're going to get that. And there's some 
hilarious moments you'll miss if you decide to skip out on all the cutscenes. Yeah, but the but the deal is, um, if you're playing it because you want to experience that story and you want it to be hard enough that you're kind of engaged with it, but if it's like you die a hundred times trying to just get through, you know, you get to the end of the level, you're you're like the last fight. Oh God, I'm dead again for the hundredth time, right? Then people are people are going to get disgusted because it's like, no, no, I want to see the cutscene. Come on, give me the candy, but you know, it, then you get these games where it, it's like just exiting the level is the achievement. Right. So it's, it's a different flavor of thing, but you see like dark souls isn't like super uh, like plot heavy either. Right. It's like you discover things, but it's kind of organic to the world. You're kind of discovering how to play the game, not so much the story. And, right. and I think yeah, maybe that's, that's yeah. maybe that's a thing is like you're, you're learning the game, not the tale because the story is the game. You're, you're the story at that point. Cause that that's a thing where people, people come away from a game like Wolfenstein or whatever. And it's like, okay, we all got the same story, but if we all played a, a game that's got some uh, freestyle pop problem solving to it, but it's wicked hard too. we're all going to have a personal story about how we overcame something. And uh, yeah, so it's a, it's a different narrative. That's all. Yeah, and that doesn't make it bad because well, it makes it terrible. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean there's 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 that niche for everyone, and that's great because that variety helps, and that's one of the reasons why I like the the umbrella of roguelike because there's a lot of stuff that can fit within it, in which you can have a completely different experience from game to game. Say, for example, uh, a game like uh, Bomber Crew, which it doesn't seem like it's a roguelike. No, it's not in that sense. But you have a crew to manage. You have those seven people who you're hoping to keep alive through as many missions as possible. And and maybe even until the end of the war, if you're really, really lucky. But more than likely, somewhere along the way, your plane's going to crash. Or a, a Messerschmitt 110 is going to, to have its... It's jazz music, uh, machine guns pointed right up through the uh, the bottom of your bomber, and well, you're going to lose a tail of your plane and crash, and everybody's going to die. That sort of but, thing. But can that's happen. part of the story where it's like if you're save scumming versus you just roll with it, right? It's just right. like, well, it happened. Well, well, here's right. a question. Here's a question I have for you guys because I'm going to be honest, I'm not as familiar with the roguelike games. Um. So roguelikes, the way I've always viewed them, and this could be a wrong view, is that they are they are a uh, a variant of an RPG. Uh yes, that's that's pretty fair to say. The, yeah. the RPG yeah. rogue is the one that sort of started off the style, which is why they call them roguelikes, is because they're in that style, and and a lot of other dungeon crawlers, like say Dungeons of Dreadmore. Uh, even though it's not ASCII art, it's it's still you're on a grid. You move one space at a time. You move the enemy moves, and sometimes your actions may take more than one turn. So, you know, you might need two or three turns to to charge up for a spell or something like that. And then your enemies might get a few extra turns to attack you. That sort of thing. Yeah. What's interesting about just Rogue as the source game of all that is because. If they if they could have made 
Dragon Age 2, <laughs> right, at the time. I think they would have done that. But Rogue is a product of the limitations of computing power at the time. And yeah. I think be- because of those limitations, we actually ended up with something magical because they had to develop in, in a depth, not fidelity, right? So that, that's a there's a thing like it, NetHack um, being mm-hmm. like the, the purest of rogues still that's around. Right. And then, I mean, there's like uh, dungeon crawl stone soup and, and those things that are, that are still in the classic thing, but it's, it's like, I've had people tell me net hack stories that it, okay. So it, it's like, I have, uh, I have like oil and I can put the oil on my sword. And then because there's oil on my sword, I can light it on fire. But if I get in the water, not only does the sword go out, but then there's oil on the water. It's like it just tracks all this micro stuff that's going on in the world. And you'd never be able to do that with graphics. So they got all this nutty depth going on there, just interaction of different things in the environment. And it's it's one of those like the magic of that game is if you think that something might do something, you try it. And then it's like, oh my god, it did, and that always shocks me. <laughs> you know, it's it's just like, oh, it wouldn't. Oh shit, it did. And you know, it's just like, how can something that simple have so much? You know, it's just like, damn, they thought of everything. You know, of course, it's been in development for a thousand years, but but still, like, how do you pack all that into uh, the 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 like case statement tree in that game has got to be incredible. You know, just all the different conditions and factors that could come together to make a thing. And uh, it's certainly impressive to me. I mean, yeah. And then I look at something that's like you, you take that and, and you turn it up to a thousand and then you got Dwarf Fortress, which is just impenetrable to me. I'm, I'm waiting on the graphical version of that. I need I need a GUI to even approach Dwarf Fortress because I, I can't. But but I have a hell <laughs> to be of a honest, good time with with the net hack. The only way I've ever played it is with the Falcon's Eye. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and <laughs> I ended up spending a lot of time, oh, a good almost 20 years ago now, uh, playing a lot of MUDs, which are in that same sort of, uh, if there's any art, it tends to be ASCII. Uh and of course, it's all text-based. And yeah, sure, there are graphical ones too, but but it's in that same vein of, well, yes, you have to sort of figure, well, what can you do with this, combining this item with that item to, to make a combination of flaming sword, you know, just as you were describing. And it's kind of amazing that even Is with it? limited pro- processing power, they were able to come up with these things. Is Falcon's Eye related to Vulture? Because I've got Vulture for NetHack in my library. I don't think I've played. I Falcon's think it's a different branch. I'm not a hundred percent, but they're both basically they're both basically like a GUI for NetHack, basically. Hmm. Yeah. You know, honest to God, uh, what was what was that uh, that rogue like? That unfortunately it got tedious because you had to level every single one of your characters through every dungeon. You, you know what I'm talking about, but it, it had like a paper dungeon look to it, and it was just gorgeous. It looked like a tabletop game. Yeah, yeah the, the name I, escapes I, me offhand. Book of Demons? Yeah. That, no, no, not Book of Demons. That. No, 
No, Book of but Demons it, is great, though. It is. It is. Agreed. Started with an R. It was, I can't think of the name of it. But but anyway, that game, if, if NetHack had the GUI of that paper-looking tabletop thing that, that just looked like a board game, um, which, I mean, it looked like Card Hunter, right? If you've ever played Card Hunter. Um, yeah, that's that's what I want. I, I would I would play the rest of my life uh, Card Hunter as, as NetHack. <laughs> I think there are some... What's that? Mon- was that Monster Hunters one? That's the deck building... Monster Slayers. Monster, Monster Slayers. Slayers. And I've played so much of that. Love that game. But yeah, that's like kind of that deck building, board gamey looking uh, thing, yeah, right? So, oh yeah, so yes. NetHack with deck building. That's maybe what you need. That, that's the game that will fulfill you. Doesn't that exist? Well, yeah. Kind of well, exist. Uh, I mean, I would say that uh, Monster Slayers comes close, but not quite, because the the movement around the map is node-based, and as you defeat monsters, you can go to whatever nodes that were that are free, open from there. But not quite. I mean, it's not... Uh, it's not in the style of uh, you make a move, they make a move. But if it if there were a game like that, I'm sure I would play it. But the question is, how much would you pay for it? How many hundreds uh, of dollars? God, who knows anymore? <laughs> I mean, with, with bundles <laughs> right. and, and, and Steam sales and crap, who knows anymore? Like, um, AC Wraith brought up a... Uh, in the Twitch chat, brought up a uh, roguelike I really want to play called Sproggy Wood. Oh, uh, yes, yeah, that one's one. fun. Oh, that is a good one? Yeah, I've not played it yes. because I just can't bring myself to buy it for $14, $15. It's based, it's based on, like, Finnish mythology or something, isn't it? Uh, I'm not sure if it's Finnish. I know it ain't. I think but, it is. I think it is. But, yeah. but the idea is you, you go through these dungeons and you eventually build your town. And that's you you free people basically to uh to populate the town and so as you continue to go through the dungeons over and over again you your town grows which is really cool because you can see that progress all right spaz i i've got it i know i know the course of action we need to take and this depends on you you need to pick up the phone call your friends holy potatoes it's a roguelike deck builder I could talk to them about it. I do hang out yeah. on the Discord every day. That's that. That's the name. <laughs> Holy Potatoes. It's a roguelike deck builder. I'd play the hell out of that. I would play... It's like, literal title is literal. With potatoes. I guess when I think of a roguelike deck builder, I think of Solar Settlers. That that comes very close to me as a, as a roguelike deck builder. Well, it, it it's not really a deck builder. I mean, it's more uh, of... A, Worker placement, uh, with oh, well, yeah, wonder, that's that falls under worker placement. I wonder if you would consider Scavenger a roguelike deck builder. Wait, which one's that? It's a it's a it's a deck building game, but it's very uh, it's very interesting how how the mechanics of it work. I've only played it a few times. I don't think I've played it at all. Uh, it's like post-apocalyptic um, nuclear winter kind of thing, and 
you've got to like manage supplies, scavenge for all kinds of stuff. Oh, do you mean Neo Scavenger? Nope. Arctic Scavenger is what I'm thinking of. Oh, Arctic Scavengers. Yes, yes. I have Sorry. So Arctic Scavengers, just to, to explain for people who don't know it, you manage a colony and you have to send them out every turn in order to go out scavenging, but you're competing against the other players to scavenge for the same materials. And when you get into combat, you you bet basically how many cards you have left in your hand, how many you want to send into the fight. So you place them face down. And depending on how many cards are placed face down, the other players may decide to back out or keep on in, and you can bluff. You can totally bluff and send civilians out who will do absolutely nothing in the fight. But if the other people back out, then you win. So the idea is this this interplay between you and the other players, and it is an excellent deck builder. Absolutely excellent deck builder. Probably not a roguelike then. <laughs> not a roguelike, no. But but if something were to be set within that universe, uh, yeah, that, that's something I would play. Apparently, some someone just brought up Calc Rogue, which is a roguelike for scientific calculators. It's kind of awesome. Yeah, you know, the T-89 and those, like, Big scientific calculators. Apparently, there's a roguelike. Oh, yeah. There's a roguelike for that called Calc Rogue. That's kind is of there, amazing. Has anybody made a side-scrolling rogue? I mean, I know there's a lot of Metroidvania-ish things, but they're more Metroidvania than rogue. Well, Darkest um, Dungeon. Darkest Dungeon comes kind of close uh, because you do have that dungeon crawling. You have to manage your party and all of that. Uh, in terms of, let me see. In terms of side scrollers, uh, dead cells would come very close to that as well. Oh, I hear that's really good. Plan. Oh, so, it's such a good game. Yeah, but it, but still, that that's more in the Metroidvania than well, then, true. Well, but then, what do you mean by meta. what do you mean by the side scrolling thing? Then, do you mean like? Well, I mean, it's a side-scrolling game, but not an action game. It's just it, it, because Rogue is is top down, right, or isometric. Yeah. Generally, but if you translated that to side scrolling instead, if it if you would get a, you, you would have a de- just definitely a totally different dungeony layout. But you would end up with something that looks like a Metroid map, but it was turn based. So in, you know, in other words, you're saying it would be like when you move to a new room, you are in the room whatever whatever is in that room with you, monster or treasure or whatever you encounter that. But then all that would be turn-based. Is right. that what you're saying? Yeah, hmm. and and it's also like because you don't have room to maneuver around the monster. You know, there's there's distance, but there's not left and right of it. It's it's just forward and backwards at that point. Unless it was a flying thing, then it could be in the air above you or whatever. But yeah. Well, uh, Monster Slayer sort of has that because that's how the combat works. You fight yeah. in the node, and then you're you're just fighting whatever is there. Yeah. Speaking of of nodes, um, Guild of Dungeoneering. Have you played that much? Because that's very heavily node based. It's not so much like I take X number of steps down the hall. It's just like I'm in this room. Here's what happened. Right. Yeah. I I've, I like that one. 
Oh yeah, AC Wraith and Twitch just brought up Wazhack. That's very side scrollery roguelikey. Very, very side scrollery. Good point. Have you played that one, Jim? Um, I I'm sure that I have. Uh let me look at a picture. It's an older one. It's it came out for phones and shit like a bunch of years ago. It, it had like it had like good but bad graphics, wasn't it? It was like some kind of funky looking. Lance Criminal on YouTube says, I legitimately have no idea what a roguelike is. Okay, Lance. Um, <laughs> yeah, Wazhack's exactly what I thought it was. It's It's got that, like, the graphics are kind of good, but not because it's, it's weird. I, I don't know what even to call that, but yeah. Uh, Lance, basically uh, what we're talking about are games with randomly generated elements and usually permadeath. So it's like you do one run, see how far you can get. You die, then you start up in a randomly generated whatever and start again. So um, the big space one is FTL, uh, basically. Uh, But there are a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of roguelikes. A lot of roguelikes. There are roguelikes based on rhythm. um, What? um, Yeah, the the Space Station game that we were talking about. just came out with the Supernova edition. Oh, oh, uh, the, uh, you mean Halcyon Six? Halcyon Six. Six. Yeah, that's kind of got a little bit of roguelike going yeah. on. It's like whenever you know, it's like you go into, it's like go explore the the whatever, and then you fight monsters, and you got to deal with it, man, because it's like permadeath. That that dude died. Sucks to be you, right? But it's yeah, uh, you it's have a cloning vest, but uh, yeah, but but yeah, generally speaking, they die, they die. Yeah. Oh, you know, you know what else is kind of uh, kind of roguelike? Hold on, I got the dog crawling on me. Um, the the Roomba simulator, the uh, what you know, where you take the drones and you're navigating around inside the ship. Duskers, is that Duskers. yeah, Duskers. Yep, that's oh. kind of roguelike. Very yeah. highly roguelike, I would think. Um, I I do wish though that that it actually. Because in Duskers, it's it's like it lights up the room as like okay, there's motion in the room, it's dangerous, whatever. But you don't actually like fight the monsters, right? You flush them out the airlock or whatever. But but it's 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 never like you get combat drones that deal with them. It's a it's an avoidance thing. Right, that's a great game. If you all haven't played that yeah. one, by the way. So you now, know, one, go, ahead, go ahead. No, I was just thinking, what kind of genres don't really have roguelikes that could use them. I mean, we have space roguelikes. We have like twin, twin stick shooter roguelikes. We have role playing roguelikes, but like we don't really have any racing roguelikes. You know what I mean? Like, would that be awesome to like drive down a procedurally generated racetrack? You know what? Mad Max, the roguelike with cars. Oh, that'd be great. Oh God, it would be good. And and you could do a thing like car wars, right? Where the cars are actually, Kind of, kind of BattleTech MechWarrior style, right? Because you, you know what's cr- the pieces on the cars and different weapons, like kind of like Cogmind, right? You find like, hey, I found a scrap machine gun. I can bolt that to my stuff. You know what's I mean, close? That, that, yeah, that would be nice. Uh, I don't know. Bionic Dudes kind of has that element Road, where you have your team team of robots, and and your team of robots can get killed off. Uh, hey, you can find parts and bolt them on, pretty much. Yeah, well, there's uh, Skyshine's Bedlam, which is, I am, I'll call that a roguelike, and that's very much uh, crawling around the post-apocalyptic wasteland in a 
in a big camper <laughs> and fighting dudes. But it, it turns into kind of XCOM combat whenever you meet people and stuff. But yes. I mean, yeah, it's a it's a journey kind of game. Yeah, I was just thinking the only game I was thinking of that's similar. Like, yeah, thank you, Minnie, for bringing up is Road Redemption. Have you guys played that one? I have not. It's really good, but it also has randomly generated tracks as you do oh, stages. The, the motorcycle. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's road rage like rebooted. Right? Yeah. It's so good. Mm. It's so good. Really? But that's like the only one though. Like there are, really yeah, I'm going to, other... I really, man, I got to put the call out now. It's, it's like, damn, why doesn't this exist? There, there needs to be a car combat roguelike. That, that could just be, remember old Auto Duel from yep. Origin back in yep. the day? Yeah, Auto Duel, the roguelike. Bang, just do it. Come on, somebody out there. That would be amazing. Yeah. It would be like FTL, but in a minivan. Looks like we have a developer of one in the chat. Roll out? What is that? Oh wait, what is this? What is th- what is this? Do you guys see this in the Steam chat right now? Roll out. Roll out. <laughs> Ooh. So much money. Me and my homies. Roll out. <laughs> is that Sorry. like the Jetsons theme song coming through there? That's that's what I'm feeling. It's a roguelike Mad Max truck, uh, top-down truck driving game. Son of a gun. They so- nailed us both. <laughs> Shit! Well it's, then. It's, it's Euro Truck Murder Simulator. All yes. right. Yes, oh my gosh. That, uh, one of the shows I want to do is um, on discoverability on Steam and how horrible it is. This is an excellent example <laughs> of how horrible... This pushes all the buttons. Oh, oh, Look at this. Get my shopping cart. Getting my belly. Yeah. Buying this right there, now. <laughs> there was another one that was kind of roguelike-ish, um, but it had like damn near nothing in the way of graphics. You, you played it on the map, and you were like a dot on the map, but it was a like a car combat thing of some sort. But this is uh, oh, this looks great. Yeah, this looks great. Sorry, guys, we're a little distracted because, like, yeah, someone. So, so, Cube, are you the dev on this? No. Rollout developer QR concept entertainment. I don't know if that means they're okay, the developer so are or are you, they just are coming you by to tell us about it. Or yeah, I don't know. If- are you the man, Cube? Are you the man? We have ways to make you talk. Uh, yeah, many. Uh, yeah, we we thought about we thought about Rogue, uh, Road Redemption, which is great. But yeah, they're like, like they're, oh, we just bought it. Well, so did we. So yeah, so are we and right now, right now. Thanks. We're coming for you. Yeah, th- thanks, uh, Ice Cube. Yeah, we're buying this right now. Oh my god, <laughs> it's only ten bucks. That's totally within my impulse range. And, it, and his name is Ice Cubeski, so which is great. It's like that Polish rap group <laughs> with the. With the accordions and the no ice ice babeski sorry <laughs> oh 
YouTube man. You can own a sporting goods store. <laughs> no. So let's go around the room, the virtual room here. Uh, Jim, I'll start with you. What would you say, like, what's the first game that comes to mind when I ask you what your favorite roguelike is? And why? Wow. There mm-hmm. are a lot of right? them. I, I would say for God, because it's like I've been playing some Tangle Deep. Um, I've been playing a lot of Cogmind. I, you know, it's like Cogmind eventually, I think, will rise to be the favorite. Um, hmm. But hold hold on, move, move on. I have to look up the name of this thing. That, that's but a very on, hard wait, question to answer. Uh, well, you. I'm going to say for approachability, Dungeons of Dreadmore because yeah. it's oh, yeah. funny as shit. It's playable. It's got good GUI, right? The graphics are nice. Um, everything that you see on the screen just makes sense. And it is balls hard and is out for your blood as well, but it entertains as it, as it does. Um, so I, I would say like uh, the best introduction into roguelikes has got to be Dreadmore, And then you move on from there. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more on that. That is uh, for, for an introductory game that, yeah, I, I totally agree. Dreadmore was, is an excellent introduction to the genre, but I, I like, I like tangle deep too. It's a little yeah. bit of a different thing. Tangle Deep is very good. Yeah, and uh, if you want to play traditional Stone Soup, and it's free, right? So maybe maybe that's a good place to to jump in. And it's also got tile based mode. Um, I would say, in in this age, uh, definitely play a tile based thing. That's uh, but you know, honest to God, uh, as far as roguelikes that I remember most fondly. Um, dungeon hack, the old Dungeons and Dragons like gold box thing back back when like Pool of Radiance was a thing, back on like the, the early DOS days and Commodore and stuff. Yeah, and yeah, and and they had Dungeon Hack, which was straight up rogue in that D and D engine. Because it was it was totally like randomly generated wizardry kind of game. Really, I never yep. played it. Oh. oh, it was good. And it, it, God, they got to have that on GOG. If they don't, then they probably they do. Okay, then let's 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 change the question. Not uh, not favorite, but like maybe most memorable, maybe most standout. What, what's what's your standout of the genre? Maybe that's a better question. Yeah, anybody but me. Oh, okay, Spaz, what about you? Well, uh, FTL is probably an excellent standout in terms of it opened up the genre to a lot of things. Uh, I would say a second, close second, close second would be Rogue Legacy because that is what effectively defined the Rogue Light genre. Yeah. Hey, do you remember Temple of Apshai? Yeah. Played that on my Atari 800. Yep. Yeah, I gotta throw that one out there because that's that is probably the first like seriously graphical roguelike that I can remember that I can remember at all. Oh yeah, Trample Bapshai Trilogy. I still have my disc. <laughs> I still have the disc for it. I've never heard of that one. It looks like it was for the Commodore. I had it on the Atari 800 XL. 
Oh yeah! Wow, look at this thing. <laughs> That's yeah, it was, it was pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, and in fact, uh, you'd go looting, and occasionally you'd find treasure chests, and then you would find an item called trash, and it would clog up your inventory unless you got rid of the trash. By the way, folks, Dungeon Hack is on GOG. It's part of um, a Forgotten Realms uh, collection, and it comes with like one other game for six dollars. If like you want a classic roguelike, it is on GOG. Paste it in the in the stream chat for y'all. Um, Hunter, you said you, you know, like say, I said gene shift kind of uh was kind of counts as gene shift kind of counts as roguelike. You think so? In, really? Because that's a full on RPG as well, right? So yeah, they, they marry yeah. the two successfully. Well, well, the thing Spider is Web, that. Right? Uh, well, the thing is that, yeah, the game's been around since 2009, and so it's been in development a long time. But in terms of, you got permadeath, in terms of, well, okay, not permadeath, but you can die enough times that you run out of money. <laughs> uh, but also the, the idea that, okay, you got this this planning. I mean, anyone who watched our, our stream of Gene Shift when Brian and I did that, there's a lot of planning involved. And you do have to oh. sort of figure out the puzzle. Okay, well, am I going to throw grenades here? Uh, you can throw a grenade here. I throw a grenade here, and we take out a couple guys at once, and then you know get our our sniper rifles out and take out the rest of the guys. That sort of thing. That's in there, but but it's very planning heavy. The further you get into it, because it's just so easy to die. That's that's true, and. I, I can kind of see it being roguelike because of its difficulty, which uh, that is a thing that like kind of defines roguelikes is they're not meant to be easy. You know, like even Dungeons of Dreadmore, not easy. Not yeah. an easy game. I mean, it's got casual mode stuff, but even the easiest mode is still going to kick your ass unless you're prepared for it. Have you but, ever heard but of... Dying a lot is, a, is kind of the... <laughs> it's, a, it's a feature of the genre. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Diablo? That's <laughs> well, see, that's the that's the thing about Diablo is, is they do have their challenge mode where you get one life and you, you have to try and see if you can make it through the whole game. Yeah, uh, I think I think Diablo one is just straight up rogue. Really, mm. it's it's an action roguelike thing, but that, it's the rogue but formula big time. It's loot. It, it's it, loot. It is, but it isn't at the same time. Yeah, like I. Like I know I get it though. Like I and part of me agrees, but I'm just like but at the same time there's the whole like resurrection respawn thing and Oh yeah. That. But but it's the thing I, I think uh like when but it's the damn close. company were looking it at that and they, and they were just like Hey, let's make did did you realize that originally the that your dogs are right next to you? Yeah, that, that too. <laughs> I have I have two Sorry. Cause, Yeah, because mom did brought he, her dog down with her when she moved in. So the two dogs are getting acquainted. <laughs> Today's day one. So um, you were saying, did you, did you realize what? Did you realize that originally Diablo 1 was going to be Claymation? What? I'm not sure. Um, it kind of is. Like, you look at some of the animation, it's pretty darn It close. certainly feels no, like I mean, it, it was. I mean, it was like bendy, uh, like Gumby dudes at first. 
Uh, ask, ask Eric about it if you ever talk to him again. It's yeah, I, I watched. Uh, it was one of the GDC videos this year. I can link it. Um, where the it was a one of the other founders of uh, the studio was, was like, yeah, we were totally making this thing, and they were like well down the path. And then it, it was just like, yeah, I, I don't think we're going to have the budget for all that because they had to actually make like stop motion uh, models of everything. But, you know, there hasn't been a good clay game since. Uh, oh, what the heck was that called? It was Neverhood. Uh, Neverhood. Yeah, that's it. I was thinking like, you know, you know, something. Hood. Yeah, but Neverhood. Yes, <laughs> it just wouldn't come. Um, yeah. Was, wasn't so there a since, sequel to since it? Neverhood, I don't. Well, not that I've seen. Um, but since Neverhood, there hasn't been a really cool like. I, I want to see like rotoscope claymation used in uh, like a freaking Baldur's Gate <laughs> or something. <laughs> like just make the monsters out of it. It's like here here comes like a Play-Doh dragon. Rawr. Oh no, oh, Wallace and Gromit. Oh, there, yeah, exactly. There's not a Wall- sequel, but there's a game called Armicrog, which is a spiritual successor to it. Oh yeah, yeah. Came out last you know what year. Act- what actually kind of looks uh, claymation-y is Nidhogg Two, yeah, which, which is kind of wild. Yeah, you know, I was I was shocked to they they went from looking like a like a, Min, a Mattel in television football <laughs> to like this claymation style, which was very shocking to people. And I, I think you know it, people adjusted right, but it it's like I don't think anybody was ready for that game to look like that. So Brian, yes. To answer your question, hit me with, with with what's the one that stands out to me the most in my in, in my limited scope. I've got I've got two for you, and the second one takes some explanation. But in my in my okay. limited scope, I think the one that that stands out the most to me is Oregon Trail. Oh, like a twist! Not Oregon, like the zombie version, right? Dying of dysentery. Fuck <laughs> oh, so oh, oh, so you mean the original Oregon, like the or, state Oregon, yes. Oregon, yes. Oregon, internal yeah. organs? Did have yes. you played that's Oregon a, Trail? Yeah, that's also awesome. But I have also played that one. Yeah, good twist, Hunter. That yeah, I would definitely consider yeah, Oregon Trail to be a roguelike but, if you think about it. But here, I'm going to throw I'm going to throw one out there for. Oh you. shit! Here comes the curveball. This is, this How's he going to work Eve Online into this? This one, this one's the, here's the curveball. Ski free. It's a skiing road. Wait, wait, wait. The the ski game that came with Windows, where you're just yes. going down the shit, man. Yes, you will die eventually. That's for sure. You know, by that <laughs> by that regard, that that wow, Space Invaders. Pac-Man. Pac-Man is a damn roguelike. You know, yes. And because you That's, collect, you know, because you have to collect the fruit, you know? And, yeah. If only uh, it was like, uh, if, if there was like some kind of. It's a dungeon crawler like, too, if you think about it. Oh, how sick. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pac-Man. Oh, God. Berserk. No, I'm serious. What would, what would it look like? Turn-based Pac-Man. Oh, I can show you exactly what turn-based Pac-Man wa- looked like. Waka, waka, waka. Waka waka. Is is <laughs> is there like a Pac-Man style game that's a turn-based roguelike? Absolutely. 
freaking lootly. What is it? It was called Pac-Man. <laughs> Here, I'll show it to you. Yeah, player one, player two. Uh, no, no, I'll I'll put it in the Steam chat or stream chat. There it is, Roguelike I, Pac-Man. I, I don't know if I want to admit. No, I actually had that board game. Oh my god! Oh my god! Are you serious? Yeah, I had that board game. Sick, ain't it? Well, oh my god, bad. I had that. Right. Memory lane. The board game. We're wow. Memory lane. I, I don't I don't I don't know if I want to admit though how many hours I lost to ski free. I'll be perfectly honest. I played the god damn balls out of that game. Jeez. Oh my god, there was and a Zax- Zaxxon too. There was yep. a Zaxxon board game. Yep. What? Yeah, one of the key features was that the barriers were were there and you had a little dip in the barrier that you had to move your ship over. So your the little standee for your ship could be lifted up and it would allow the, the tip of the the ship to sit on that barrier. And that meant that you were actually high enough. You used the movement, uh, one of your movement points to actually lift it up. So you would be able to sail over the barrier. If it didn't, you were dead. Okay, so that berserk Oh my god, Berserk. Oh my god. That is roguelike as hell right there. I believe it. I believe it. Oh my god. (laughs) How did I miss these? How did I miss these? I had the Berserk one as well. Honestly, Berserk kind of screams to be a roguelike. Oh. Well, it is. I mean, you go killing off all the enemies. But there are so many twin stick shooters that are made in that vein now, you know? Like. Well, just oh, yeah. okay. Take Cogmind, stick a human in there instead, and you're trying to like get the hell out of a complex that's full of robots. Not necessarily all robots that are hunting you, right? Because the majority of them would just be drones. But if you get spotted, man, like the sentries are coming, bad things. And uh, yeah, man, you could oh, you could make a a nice berserk rogue like. I mean, but you'd have to use you would have to retain the original graphics with the robot with the eye that spins around because I mean seriously the, the that that look of robot and Maximilian from uh, the black hole it, it was like I couldn't separate the two in my head I, I was just like yeah that's apparently there head, is right? apparently there is a berserk roguelike and I'll be right back. <laughs> By the way, I should mention one other standout within this particular genre, Star Crawlers. Oh yeah, that's the tile oh, based. Yeah, that. That's yeah. the tile and, based. And, one. and it's it's like I have the boulder on yep. Space Hulks because you, know, you do have environment stuff you can interact with. That is yeah. all of the RPG stuff and you have yeah, you have all the the elements that are that are in the genre. It's just the perspective is like a dungeon crawler, uh, third person. So, okay. So I, the beholder, if that was translated, keep, keep the maps, keep everything exactly the same, except translate it into an isometric game. Like Baldur's gate. Is is that like, would you throw down 60 bucks? Like uh, basically it would be like, it would be a Baldur's gate mod. Pretty much total conversion. Just turn Baldur's Gate into Eye of the Beholder. I would, I would totally be down for that. 
<laughs> the uh, thing is, you'd have too many too many uh, corridors and not enough rooms. So, I mean, yeah, sure. There's the, that that would make it more maze like. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But from the top, it would be a very obvious maze, right? Like, I think maybe half of the magic is of the the wizardry slash bard's tale slash whatever those games, you know, the 3d things um, is because it was disorienting because they could put you in a weird maze and it would be a super obvious maze seen on graph paper. But, sure. you know, yeah. Have you ever done that by the way? Like be digging through a drawer and you find like a tablet of graph paper with like a bard's tale map on it. And it's about 30 years old and it's like oh my god <laughs> i i had a couple of those that i made for eye of the beholder on the sega cd wow. yeah so yeah oh and you know how uh like a favorite game around here is uh star trek voyager elite force or whatever that was yeah mm, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah so that was raven and raven's first game i think it was was black crypt which was exactly an Eye of the Boulder clone. Really? I'd never heard of it. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's good. It's good. Um, so I, I'll, I'll give you a spoiler if you ever play it. You have to have the Ogre Blade in order to kill the Ogre that's on the second floor. If you don't have the Ogre Blade, which is found on the second floor. So it's like you get down on the second floor and, oh, God, here comes the Ogre. Run like hell. <laughs> Until you can find that sword, then you can turn and fight him. I died so many times to that thing, and and it's it's straight roguelike. It's like, oh, you're dead. Back to the beginning. Roll some characters. And here's another standout that is not exactly roguelike because it's not turn based, but it is short with permadeath. Weird worlds return to infinite space. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, that of is, course. That is pretty darn roguelike. Yeah, they really skirt the line, I think, between um between something as big as Starflight and something as small as a traditional roguelike. And it's kind of funny. Uh, it's a shame the developer of the game we wanted to talk about tonight didn't show up because it kind of feels similar to uh Infinite Space in a lot of ways. Oh, by the way, yeah. the Berserk game is based it's the Berserk, the Japanese manga slash anime, not Oh, darn. Sorry. Didn't mean to get your hopes up there. What about a Japanese swordsman fighting robots in a dungeon? (laughs) Yeah, so we could just make it all. We could make the two things very What was was it on the Orville? He's like, yeah, you can be a samurai fighting an ogre. Yeah. And the nicest ogre in the world. I love that. I love that ogre. Hey, man, nice to meet you. Always, want, always love to meet one of uh, his friends. Always a pleasure to meet. <laughs> God. It's always good meeting Dave's friends. By the way, folks, if you're not watching the Orville, don't let the horrible pilot pull you, put you off. Every episode after that is just better. And it keeps on getting better. It just it really yeah. Does. Bad. The pilot kind of set the tone for like this is not next generation. Well, yeah, the, the thing about the pilot was is it was just like it, it had to it had to establish itself. It's not that right. it's necessarily bad. It's just it's that awkward chapter yeah. one. Let's get this out of the way. It is the right. worst episode. It's not terrible, but it is the worst episode out of all of them. And every episode so just far. gets yeah. Uh, the last episode with um, the woman who played Cassidy Yates, amazing, so good. 
Also, the guy that was her captor, I was guest starred several times as different Trek aliens in the past. Oh, God, yeah, he's been in everything. He was apparently an alien bounty hunter in X-Files, and he was on, like, every Star Trek, like, next-gen DS9. He's got that kind of, I'm a bad guy face. <laughs> hey, oh since, uh, since we're talking roguelikes, in a fairly recent release on Steam is Xenomarine. Has anybody played that one yet? No. I have not. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of like Alien, but you're one dude instead of a squad of dudes. But it's it's kind of a like one-man Space Hulk kind of roguelike thing. Oh, yeah, yeah I did see that. It looks really good. It looks really, really good. It is on my wish list. Yeah, mine yeah. as well. Mine as well. It's it's got to be better than that other Space Marine game we tried and couldn't get working and didn't and it was too hard anyway. Uh, Which shall not be named. Oh, I can't even remember the name of it now. Anyway, so it's probably for the best. <laughs> and then there's uh, okay, so game that has always intrigued me, right? Is this Ancient Domains of Mystery, and it, it's like a, a super popular roguelike, I guess. Um, but I'm looking at like the graphical version of it and, and it's just like, I haven't found the zoom on there yet or something, but the tiles, it's just really tiny. (laughs) Like I've got a high res screen, right? So it doesn't scale. It, it just is, is like, Oh my guy's a little dot now. And yeah. But other than that, it's like, I I really want to get into it, you know, but, Oh, um, so Whenever we had the question going around about like what roguelike is is like, you know, would you recommend? What do you think's the coolest? Um, Dungeon hmm. Man's. Oh, yes. that is yes, that Dungeon one is Mans. that one is excellent. Yes. Oh God, that's so good. And uh, I've I've talked to the developer. I used to uh, he'd he'd do like Twitch streams when he was coding, and I would just hang out in there for hours and bullshit with the guy. He's super cool. His name's Jim. Um, I can't forget that because. Right. If, if there's one guy, I'm gonna remember his name. It's Jim, Dungeon Man Jim. But yeah, it, the sense of humor in Dungeon Man is uh, just amazing, right? Because like the, the just the uh, you just have to play it. <laughs> That's all there is to it. The the sense of humor in that game is just hilarious, and it, it aligns it, it aligns with my own trolley nature. It's the game is just a giant meme. And it's it's memeing itself, really. <laughs> and but of just course, everything. there there is the tides tangle deep as well because uh, Zircon, who did the music for Dungeon Man's and some of the coding on it, is the one who's developing Tangle Deep. Oh, very cool! Yeah, I knew there was some connection. I, I wasn't sure quite what it was. I think the yeah, Dun- Dungeon Man's is so good. There was a there was a rogue like it was top down. It was really creepy. It was like a kind of a twin stick shooter with crafting, where you'd craft weapons out of cans and stuff. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. It just came out like three or four years ago. But apparently, one of the developers of that was going to work up, was working on the game we're going to talk about tonight. Can't remember the name of it. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's a top down like horror rogue like. Teleglitch. No. Teleglitch. Thank you. Yes. Oh yeah. That's an amazing so, game. Another one, also free, is Cataclysm Dark Days Ahead, or CDDA. 
Um, I was playing that the other day. That's the one that I posted the screenshot of, like twenty zombies horde murdering me. But it's a uh, it's a post apocalyptic zombie thing, roguelike. It's really good. Got a lot of depth to it, and you know it's it's cool. Um, other game that's also very roguelike is Ashworld, which is in early access right now. You start with a car, which immediately runs out of gas. <laughs> but you can drive a car around and like run stuff over. Um, a thing that's interesting about that one is it's one of those, uh, it, it kind of looks a little bit like nuclear throne, which I, I wouldn't really call that a roguelike. It sort of is, but it's, it's more of a, uh, of an action meat grinder. <laughs> it's God, that game's hard. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Ash World kinda, is difficult. It, yes. It'll kick your ass. Just no yeah. question. It, and whenever it says it's getting dark, you should go inside. It's not shitting. You should go yeah, inside. Take that advice. Do not go outside in when when it's nighttime. Because yeah, I was like, what's oh, it called? Ashworld. Yeah, Ashworld. Ash I was just like, I'll just take a look. Dead. Oh, it's the you orange. Know, it's the orange pixel, folks. Oh, they're great. They make a lot of good stuff. Yeah. You know what would make a an amazing roguelike? Um, there, it's. Uh. I wouldn't call it roguelike at this point because it's it's well maybe, um, but knocked N O C T is. Uh, have you seen the movie The Mist? No. Stephen King. Okay, so um, it's it's based it, the oh Brian, you would love The Mist. It's got giant space spiders that <laughs> in in the fog, right? Like you can't no you can't see right because this mist rolls in. Of course, it, it happens in like a, a town in Maine because everything Stephen King does. Um, but these people, it's like you know they're at the they're at the hardware store or, or whatever it's grocery store thing, and uh, and this fog just rolls into town, and a couple of people like come running into the store and are, you know like are injured and stuff, and it's like what's going on? It's like don't go out there. It's full of monsters and whatever. And what happened? Uh, spoilers is there, there was sort of a uh, Gordon Freeman style, like dimensional rift thing and a bunch of alien crazy bug things came into our world and brought this rolling mist with them. So it, it's about these people just trying to survive. It, it's, it, I don't know, like 30 people or whatever that are locked up in an, uh, in like a little IGA supermarket together going stir crazy. And then it's like, well, we got this plan. Let's, let's try to do this. And then uh, somebody like shines a flashlight out the window and that unfortunately draws bugs to the window. And then there's the monsters that eat the bugs that crash into the window. And then, you know, a couple of them get loose in the store and stuff. And then, you know, there's like this schism, like some of the people go crazy religious. And then the other people are like, Oh my God, we got to get the hell out of here before this mob kills everybody. And it's the survival thing, right. Of like, I think we can make it to that building, you know, the, the building next door because there's supplies. Right. But it's, it's like a zombie survival thing, but it's like, instead of let's explore the town, it's more like, I think I can make it across the street without dying kind of deal. And it's like, you, you can't see, right? So, you know, it's like, I left, I've, I've got a shotgun in my car in the parking lot, you know, can we make it to the car and back alive? Well, that sounds ter- creepy yeah. and terrible, and I probably shouldn't watch it. Oh, Brian, you'd love it. 
uh, especially the the scene where the spiders like lay eggs and people. And, yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I mentioned it in the stream chat, but uh, a definite, definitely fitting within that roguelike roguelite envelope. Deep Rock Galactic. Yeah, there aren't a ton. Uh, there are some like roguelike first-person shooters type things. Uh, that's probably among the best of them, really. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll put a I'll put a link to Knocked in the thing. There's a, and it's multiplayer too. Um, the the deal with Knocked have you have you played uh, any of those games that, that like was on mobile right where it was like zombie gunship where where you're in like a C one thirty like orbiting around and and you have like heat vision right so you don't see the the people but you actually see like the the thermal of what's going on on the battlefield knocked is kind of like that you have like a satellite view and uh visually because it's the fog right so you can't see through this mist so you have to watch everything through thermals and then you're trying it's basically like you're trying to guide the survivors but it's not permadeath because if that guy gets killed, it's like, all right, I'll, I'll find another survivor and it like locates somebody else that's nearby. And then you take control of them. But it's, uh, it's super creepy, man. I played it like for Halloween. I was like, I need a creepy ass game. So I reinstalled this thing. But if you just watch the, watch the video that's with this for like 20 seconds and you'll know what's going on. But anyway, yeah, no, and it's cheap too. Like, uh, how much is this thing? Ten bucks. Yeah, not bad. And multiplayer. Oh, it's already on my wish list. Probably because I put everything that says roguelike on my wish list. Because because about, that's what we do. Uh, uh, I don't know that about you guys. Like, I didn't care about roguelikes, and I can't even remember the one that really got me into it. It might have been Dreadmore. Was the one for me. It might have been Dreadmore. It might have been Dreadmore or uh God. I think Dreadmore, because of the cartoony look of it, was like a gateway drug for a lot of people. Yeah, I, I, I think like, so. That looks yeah. approachable. The the Diggles. Diggles yeah. I think are related to the Prinnies from uh that other game. From Disgaea. Yeah, Disgaea. <laughs> Hey, so Except they're not saying dude all the time. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> they don't they don't have like a bomb strapped to them. Um so the printies, right? Uh, just thinking about Disgaea. Is the mechanic of Disgaea because you can you can basically cheat your ass off in that game, right? So it's like you make a couple of moves and then you can back out of moves, like undo and then do something else. Is it is it like is cheating like a fundamental mechanic of that game? Is that the intent? It's like you have to cheat your ass off. They expect it. Uh, I would say it's expected, but really? not necessarily that it's intended. Because it sure is with, enabled, with, that's for sure. Yeah, well, it, it it does enable it, but also because you can make some really broken combos, but it's also easy to screw up with the way the controls are, are set up. It's easy to screw up when you're trying to you know get you know, get someone to the exact spot you want them to be. So they let you undo up to a point. Yeah, but just but the that. thing is, like, okay, if you need three guys in a specific formation to do a combo, you can put them there and then do the combo and then undo the moves of the other two guys and then do something right. else with them. 
And, right. and it's like, okay, that's kind of badass, right? Because it's it's just like cheat. You need to. Well, yeah, there's I would say it's it's less about intending to cheat. As well, I guess it just makes the player think outside the box. Right, right. Because it's, it's not like I moved, just, I'm done. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Unlike, say, XCOM, it would be a little bit, uh, it's a little more forgiving in that regard. But they balance it out by having just loads of enemies to take out. Right. Oh, this Noct thing looks pretty awesome. Oh, by the, yeah, Noct is actually, um, he, he got a publisher. So he's being published by Devolver now, which is a quality. Oh, great. Outfit. I like Devolver stuff. Yeah, Devolver is 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 good stuff. Devolver is better than their games is their press conferences. Well, there is that. That was that was hilarious. What happened? I must have missed something. Oh my god, you, you didn't see that? Okay, so Devolver did a fake ass press conference at E3 and it was just like everything that is kind of uh ticklish about the games industry right now. They just like dug the knife in and twisted it. It was beautiful. Oh. It, was, it was like not only not only can you get early access, we offer earliest access, where <laughs> your salt on the forums is actually incorporated into the game in real time. In real time, fishing, <laughs> fishing about it on the forum, we are changing the game. <laughs> oh God, it was good. Yeah, it was it was a thing to behold. So speaking um, of Devolver and roguelikes, uh, Strafe, which I did not like when it first came out. I agree with you. I but did not like Strafe at all. It was, and then it was I went so back boring. And the Millennium Edition. It's so good. Like, oh my God, this game is great. It's like the game yeah, they originally so promised us. Got pumped into it. Yeah, it's like the yeah, game they originally promised us at the beginning finally got made. And yeah, I think everybody looked at that and they were like, oh, cool, man, we're getting a Quake remake. And it was like, no, this is kind of like a roguelike. And everybody was like, what? It wasn't, I don't think, what that audience was expecting. So, um, But now that I revisit it, it's and it's so been good. tuned up a lot, it is amazing. It's so good. And I, and I actually, if you're cautious, and uh, remember to look at the ceiling always. Oh, God, yeah, right? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, hello up there. But I can actually live through, you know, several levels until I run out of bullets and get massacred. But, but yeah, and it, oh man, it's good. Makes me want to play. It's it. now called Strafe uh, Millennium Edition, folks. And, uh, it's like originally it was not very good. Originally it was like, it felt like it was like the same room with the same, uh, it was like the same room with the same bad guys over and over again. And now they yeah, really your, your choice of guns at the beginning is going to determine your fate <laughs> because it's not like one of those like I'm carrying five guns around. It's like no, you have the gun. You picked a gun. That that's what you got. Yeah, and, and it's well, you can great. get a second one, but it's the at least the one that I got was kind of sniper rifley, but it was very very limited ammo. So it was, it was like situationally. Be, be discretionary about when you whip that gun out. Only when you need it. 
but yeah, it's it's all about like baiting the enemies and being very very observant of the environment and conserving bullets. You better be good with headshots. Speaking of roguelikes, another one just hit Steam just now. A space one called Lone Vessel. It's it like, just it's like we summoned that shit. It just dropped. Like I got the email of it, like hitting Steam like a moment ago. Like wow! Like who releases a game this late in the day? For one thing, <laughs> I mean, does We're that even matter? Countries anymore? in different time zones. I know. Oh, there's that. But like still. I wiggled a chicken foot at my monitor, and uh, and that game just arose. Yeah, it's right. It's, it. it's right there. It's right freaking there. It looks kind of neat. Oh, oh boy! Stop it! Oh my God. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Now, there have been some missteps within the genre, too. Oh, my God. Like where, Space Rogue? Oh, my God. What a boring game. Yeah. Uh, that that was an unfortunate. I mean, it, there were some concepts I liked, but, yeah, it, it kind of fell flat. What were you thinking of a misstep? Well, um, <laughs> as much as I hate to say it, because I wanted to really like it, Tharsis. Yes. Oh, Tharsis. Poor, poor, poor Tharsis. And poor developers who made Tharsis. Because that company no longer exists. Right. Oh, you know, um, it dawns on me, I I had forgotten in my ranting about, oh my god, we totally need the Mad Max road. Like, somebody is making it. Uh, It's called Autofire. What? Post you a link. What? Yeah. Yep. Pat Lippo. And I, and I talked to this guy, too, and I totally forgot. And then it came back to me. But yeah, take a look at this. It's come a long way since uh, since I looked at it last. Last time I talked to him, he was just like putting in the bootlegger turns and stuff. Well, that looks fantastic. Yep. It's like, a, I want a roguelike with matchbox cars. Done. Oh, that looks great. Oh, that looks really great. Yeah, I I dig it. I'm totally signing yeah, up. Make for- sure you make sure you look at the at the animated GIF over on the right side in the column. Because that's actually showing combat, not just him driving down a road. And it's totally it's like Car Wars, right? I, I know that this boy has played some Car Wars because it looks right and it, like his turns and stuff and I and I can see you know, it's like oh, that looks depending on how fast he's going, guys. what his turn radius is, and yeah, that looks amazing, you guys. That looks like right freaking there. Oh my god, there's so many good roguelikes though. Like there have been some missteps. Like one I think Into of is a misstep. Oh god. Yeah, um, I mean the thing is, uh, I wanted like into the stars. I backed it on Kickstarter, so I too. really wanted to see it successful, and it it fell flat. I mean, the soundtrack's great. Don't oh, get me yeah. wrong. I love that soundtrack, but Which the gameplay itself Into, Into the, the Stars, the stars such a well. boring game, such a boring game. Another one that fell flat for me, at least, was um, Cosm. Was it Cosmon? Wasn't Interstellaria? It was the other one that was like that. Cosmonautica. Cosmonautica. Thank you. What? Uh, I'm sorry, developers, if you're listening to this. Your game was so boring. Like you. 
there was nothing going on between point A and point B. Like they made like a spacey road trip FTL ish yeah, thing. It looked like it was going to be The Sims with a spaceship and stuff. And it, it, I mean, because it, 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 it kind of had like your spaceship was sort of an apartment. And it's like, I'm going to buy a video game and put it here and I'm going to put the back. Yeah, it was there. like that. But it, like, it, ultimately, none of it really mattered. Like, yeah, it didn't feel like there was a reason to be doing any of yeah. what you were doing. Yeah, it was so boring. You know what would make a okay? It's it's not really a roguelike, but what an amazing roguelike it would make is Alien Isolation. I could it's, totally see that. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like sure. you don't need a bunch of monsters; you just need well, one. Although one there is a challenge you don't want to see. Well, yeah, I mean, there's there's that, but Alien Isolation is like a game. It, I don't know, man. It's it's like the worst thing in the game is the alien because you're just really enjoying walking around the space station <laughs> until that asshole shows up, right? But it's I don't know. I mean, yeah, but it's it's not so much the alien that is scary, but it's the tension of. When I'm not looking at the alien, that, right? that if I'm looking robots. at him, he's not scary. Well, yeah, the robots are their own thing, but but it's like if I'm looking at the alien, he's not scary. If I'm hiding under a desk praying that the alien does not come look under the desk and I can't see him, that's when he's scary. Because you don't, you have that that forced perspective. Yeah, of, it's it's just yeah. like, yep. But I I wonder. Could that be made to work in, like, I don't know, if I made an Alien Isolation an RPG maker or something, right, where it's just, like, tile-based movement? It, I think you could probably do it, but I don't think it would be – it wouldn't have the fear factor or whatever, but it would – you could definitely have, like, a uh, an unkillable – there's one monster. You can't kill it. Try to get the hell out of here. Well, there is a game that sort of came close to that, except you – Except two things. One, you could kill the monster with the caveat that it you had a a gun that you had to charge up before every shot, mm-hmm. and you can only fire one shot at a time. Was it so like it's run like, like hell or something. No, actually, it was on uh, Sega Saturn, and it was called Enemy Zero. Oh, so the the concept is you are on this spaceship. You have an AI that's kind of guiding you around. You have other uh, – uh, you, you're exploring, but the aliens that are chasing you are invisible. You're wearing a headset. you got to play this thing with stereo headphones because, well, you need that because what you hear is like the uh, blips in your uh, – coming through the either left or right on your headset. And – depending on the frequency of the blips, it could tell you whether it's left or right or directly in front of you or behind you. And the speed of the blips would kind of, uh, uh, they'd speed up their pace as the thing got closer to you, sort of like it does in uh, Space Beast Terrafright. But the thing's invisible. And you've got to have perfect timing on charging up your weapon and at first you don't even have one so all you have to do is run but eventually you find a weapon and you can fire back Mm. but one of the uh one of the hooks that sort of makes it roguelike is the fact that you have limited saves every time you load up a game or 
save the game. It takes up battery power. Oh. And battery power is very limited. And if you've saved or loaded too many times, you literally cannot load up your game again. So you have to start all over. It's almost permadeath, but it prevents you from safe scumming. Interesting. There are so many good games, you guys. Just so many good roguelikes. Oh my god. <laughs> like I th- I think the one I probably play that probably really resonated with me the most was one called Runers. You guys heard of that one? It's a good one. Yeah. Oh my god. I played okay. so much of that. Alright, I got it. Oh. So the alien kind of game with the unkillable monster. Yeah. Uh the trick would be that you don't play one guy with permadeath. You play the crew with permadeath and then you lose crew members one by one as the monster eats them because you fucked up. Hmm. Then, then it's kind of like the, your crew members are like hit points, right? But if that, if the mechanic dies, Hey, you lost the ability to fix things, you know, or so, you, or you're just not as efficient with it, you know? Yeah. So yeah, you but it, try to, you lose their things. skill. Right. So hmm, that could be interesting. So maybe you have like a crew of of 16 or 20 and you're trying to get somewhere and you have to get somewhere without losing all your crew and without letting the alien take over the ship. Yeah. I don't know. You might end up with Tharsis though. (laughs) Except, well, not really each other. The alien eats you, but yeah. Well, well, maybe the the goal is that you're you're trying to research a countermeasure, you know, maybe a way to make the enemy killable. Uh, yeah, if the if the, if the alien is different every time, right? Almost like awful green things, where it's just like you don't know yeah, what you don't know what to do to it, right? You don't. Yeah, you could try multiple things, like throwing acid at it and maybe that causes it to gain an extra arm and an extra attack on you or yeah things of that nature you, yeah you throw a bomb at it and now you got 10 of them right right that could be interesting yeah yeah i don't i don't know man it would well see the the reason that it worked in alien is because you had how many was it like seven people seven eight people on a ship and they had no idea what they were dealing with Right. Well, that only works on the first play of a game. Right. Because if it's just like, uh, okay, I'm on a spaceship and the goal is to survive or flush it out the airlock or something. Right. But not not have everybody die. Well, you already know like what what it's going to be. Right. Especially after you've got a couple of playthroughs. And so it's like, I don't know how I would continue to make a game like that engaging over long term. Well, I think it would be a cool like one and done. Well, there, there are actually a couple of things you could do. You could make it with procedural layouts for the ship, where you have maybe the uh, uh, there's a game Drift into Eternity as mm-hmm. a good example of this. You're alone on the ship, aside from the AI, but although the hallways are the same, the room layouts are different. There are some room rooms that are always in the same place. And the rooms are numbered, so you, if, as long as you've memorized what the numbers are, you might know that, you know, say, room 100 is always going to be where the bridge is, something to that effect. Okay, fine. Uh, but then you could 
but all the other rooms, like where the warehouses are, where the, the science labs are, those are actually randomized every game. So you have, you have to do some exploring to actually figure out where your landmarks are, where you need to be. So that could be one thing you could do. The second thing you could do is that there are some areas of the ship that actually are broken that are exposed to space and therefore there's bulkheads that have sealed those rooms off. So that's suddenly stuff you can no longer access. And if a hallway is blocked that way, well, you're not getting to that section of the ship anymore. It can change the layout of the ship entirely. So you have yeah, to I guess that would work. on that with, you know, a limited number of crew. So you just take over a different member of the crew each time. Yeah, so it's a single-player space station 13. Sort of, yeah. But but if the alien changes as well, the countermeasures you need to research to use against the alien, you have to sort of research that by trial and error against it. Throwing bombs may not work, but maybe knives will because it can't heal cuts. Yeah. Something to that effect. Which, uh, honestly, you know, the the same game could be made terrestrially is like Friday the 13th. Right, sure, it's like, we're a sure. bunch of campers. Don't get killed by Jason, and nobody can kill Jason. So, you know. But yeah. Um, by the way, I put a link to the original 2D version of that uh, that uh, auto fire game. That's it's like the complete one that he did. And now he's redoing it in 3D. Oh, sweet! Yeah, I can't wait. I I knew I need to try that. We should start wrapping it up, though. We've been talking a while. Yeah. Um. All right. So, folks, um, we might be doing this again next week because we have a guest for next week, but they haven't confirmed either. We're going to talk about road likes for about three hours. <laughs> we might just do another uh, topic show. I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Most people are usually good about confirming. and That's People are still stuff. confused from daylight savings. Maybe. I don't know. But... Um, if we do get that one, uh, oh god, who's going to be uh, Tartarus? 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 Tartarus apparently is. Hopefully, he'll be talking to you next week. And Thursday, we're going to be returning to Pulsar Lost Colony because they have a new biscuit uh, food faction that uh, you're in com- a competition with other biscuit sellers. Vendors, right? And you have to uh, spread your biscuity goodness across the universe. <laughs> yep, sell as many biscuits oh, that, as possible. Is that, is that innuendo for something? No. no, it's actually called the Fluffy Biscuit Company. Yeah, and you work for them. Yeah, there's no innuendo. This is just what it is. Are <laughs> you biscuits? It's it's what? it's and it's, and the bus the biscuits actually have buffs associated with them too. Yeah, so there's. <laughs> So they're consumables as well, and you might end up using some of the biscuits in order to survive. Uh, Did you say they're yeah. edibles? They are. Uh, they are. Uh, uh, not not in the Colorado way. See, I'm sorry, folks. This was kind of a like this is kind of a it's a good show, but it was kind of a weird one because we had like a headspace that we're gonna have a guest, and then suddenly we didn't. <sighs> but uh, I'm just gonna email you tomorrow. Like we're still on for the twelfth on Skype, right? Oh my god. But hey, honestly, you might not be wrong. That honestly, though, that game, I really like it. Yeah, no, I I like it too. 
it is totally the game that I wanted Long Journey Home to be. Right? So it just feels I would, so. I would oh. say, like, we're going to put a link. All right, go download it because you can download it for free and play. You know the the. Is that like a fairly current build? With the demo, right? That that uh, build is from the end of September. That's the demo build. Uh, okay, that, great. That's posted up. And unfortunately, the Indiegogo campaign, which was going on, has already closed. Oh. So well, that's as, okay. As much this, as I would have just loved the demo, it, you know. Yeah. Just the demo will keep you busy and you'll know what's going on. I think it's I think it's excellent Twitch bait, too. Like, if anybody's wanting to stream something that would be a cool game to stream yeah it's it's really quite a bit of fun the interface the interface is great ui is Star great going on. it's like it, i saved a space whale the, I felt oh, good about it. oh really <laughs> yeah, didn't didn't have hairy mud in it either oh thank god uh, <laughs> but yeah it's it's a shame we didn't get to talk to the developer because this is actually really really good like really good. It's called the shortest trip yeah. to Earth. And yeah, one uh, thing I wanted to mention is it starts with the difficulty of hard, and then it goes up from there. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's kind of a meta commentary on the whole roguelike thing, anyway, isn't it? <laughs> Indeed, it is. <laughs> but yeah, it's called shortest trip to Earth. Maybe we'll try and get the guy back on. I don't know, but uh, yeah, check it I out. Wanna, what I want to see a game with a difficulty level that's called Massive Regret. I wouldn't be surprised if there's at least one. <laughs> or you're like, you'll regret this. That's yeah. the name of the difficulty level. Like, you, a mistake was made. This will hurt a lot. <laughs> but anyway, uh, folks, thank you for listening to this kind of rambly, yet hopefully still entertaining show. It was entertaining for us, at least. So hopefully you found it entertaining as well. And uh, we'll see you next time. Have a good night, everyone. Bye-bye. Yeah, Mini Murgle's got a good idea. Next time we just go out in the street and randomly abduct somebody and make them... <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I'm still streaming. Get in the car. Game developer, right? <laughs> Get in the car. <laughs> totally still streaming. Bye! <laughs>